You're listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Sega Lounge. I'm your host, KC, and what a great show we've got for you tonight. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Sega Lounge. Two weeks in a row. That's, that's, whoa. Uh, It's been hard getting guests on the show, but thankfully, we've got another great interview for you guys, um, covering actually a, a, an interesting project going on uh, on Kickstarter. So if you're curious about that, another indie Dreamcast game, so that there's that. Uh, if you're curious about that, uh, feel free to you know stay tuned and enjoy the interview coming up in a few minutes on the show. So, of course, don't forget to join us on Discord throughout the show, radiose.ga slash Discord. That's where you can find everyone else listening in and, uh, you know, chat with them and just post memes and whatnot. Uh, or you can also tweet at Radio Sega and use the hashtag the Sega Lounge if you want to interact with us during the show. That being said, what have we uh, got in store for you guys tonight apart from the interview? Well, we've got Memories of Sega with A Winner With You, who is also uh, my co-host for the interview part of the show. Um, We've got uh, the news, uh, done by myself this week yet again, because Shedded is unavailable. Um, And we've got some awesome music, so it's great uh, to to interview people who have great tastes in music, and that's what happens this week. Uh, so this week we'll be joined by Rule, uh, who is part of Senile Team and is working on Intrepid Easy, a brand new Dreamcast game uh, that's you know up for backing on Kickstarter right now, uh, and so we'll talk about that game with Rule and his history with video games, but he's got great taste in uh, Sega music, so we'll be playing a lot of his requests, some great stuff, I hope you enjoy the tunes we've got in store for you guys. But as per usual, we we start the Sega Lounge with the week's news, so without further ado, let's cue the intro for the News Desk. News Desk The latest Kickstarter update for Shenmue 3 has been shared late last week and it focused on facial animations which show good progress so far. Apart from getting a glimpse at one of the NPCs you're likely to encounter in-game, there's also mention of Kickstarter surveys being worked on, so you'll just have to wait a little while longer for those. Good news for Xbox One fans, the Xbox Live Arcade version of Sonic Adventure is now backwards compatible on Xbone. If you already own it, you can just download it to your current gen console, if not, it's available to purchase for a small fee. Now this is happening! As mentioned last week on the Sega Lounge, the demo 2.0 of Sonic 2 HD is now available to download for free. It includes Emerald Hill, Chemical Plant and Hilltop Zones and allows you to play as either Sonic or Tails. 
You can listen to our interview with Ryan from the Sonic 2 HD team as part of last week's episode of the Sega Lounge. Ed Games has just announced the release date for its Sega Genesis flashback console, at least for the US. It ships on November 10th with a price tag of $79.99 and you can play all your original cartridges on it and the system comes with 85 pre-installed games, including some Master System and Game Gear games, as well as some random generic games for no reason whatsoever. Remember that Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Well, it's still happening apparently and Paramount Pictures just obtained the rights to produce it. The team behind the project includes people that have worked in films such as Fast and Furious and Deadpool. Whether that's a good thing or not remains to be seen. Speaking of Sonic, new Forces screenshots have been revealed by Sega alongside news of a chemical plant stage as well as a new Wispon, Drill. Sonic Forces is coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC and has a scheduled release date of November 7th. Now seriously, can we talk about how weird it is that they're called Wispons now instead of Wisps? Football Manager 2018 is coming out for Windows, macOS and Linux on November 10th. As we get closer to the release date, Sports Interactive and Sega have been building up hype around the game's launch. The latest example of this is a new, quite humorous video that's been posted detailing a few of the many new features fans will get to try in November, including revamped AI, new tactics and scouting improvements. You can check out the video on YouTube by going to the Football Manager channel. Finally, for all you Yakuza fans out there, Sega has revealed this week that a demo for Yakuza Kiwami 2 will be made available in Japan in late November. No news on a Western demo have been shared at this moment. Newsdesk. And boom, we're done. This was a very quick look at the week's news on the news desk. That's how we do it here on the Sega Lounge. And so it's time to take a quick music break before we come back with our week's guest, Rue from uh, the Sinal team talking about Intrepid Easy, so we'll just play one of his requests, and the first one being Empire from Panzer Dragoon, what a great tune. So stick around, this is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega, we'll be right back with Rue and more on the Sega Lounge.
This is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. And this week uh, we have a very awesome interview. And I'm here uh, joined by a winner is you. Hello, a winner is you. It's been a while. Yes, it has indeed. And uh, yes, it's very good to be back. Awesome. Awesome to have you back on on the show, and uh, we don't just have a winner with you. We have a special guest, as per usual. So we have, and let's see if I can do this right. Rule. Absolutely it? correct. Yes, ten points for me. Uh, welcome, well welcome, Rule. So, would you like to tell us, uh, or tell the lovely people listening to us, who you are and what you're here for? Of course, um, my name is Rolf van Masperger. I'm uh, a programmer, artist, game designer, and animator for the uh, project Intrepid Izzy, which is now on Kickstarter. Awesome, awesome. And so you're part of a senile team, right? Correct. Um, s- some would say I'm the most important part, but I think uh, I couldn't. Uh, Make games without uh, without the other members. Okay. Um, so, are you? Are you, is it like a, a small team of people? How many? It's a, it's a very small team. It's uh, myself, my two brothers, and uh, a friend who makes the um, music for us. Awesome, awesome. So, so that's why you're saying maybe you are the most important part because your brothers don't count, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, they count. But uh, in this uh, in, for this project. Um, the really only uh, quality assurance so they only test and provide some ideas but then they don't have an active role uh, they don't have as active a role as they did uh, in our previous projects mm-hmm. okay. so just a little bit of sibling rivalry here on the Sega Lounge okay so uh, Ru uh, tell us a bit about yourself first so um, how did you get into video games uh, which games um, you know, most influenced your present works and whatnot. Oh, um, I, th- I think I got into it uh, with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. So that's a long time ago. Yeah. Of course, I wasn't actually programming games back then. I was just uh, playing them, and I was just fascinated by the fact that I could push a button and things happened on my television screen. <laughs> No, but I started with the Atari 2600, uh, then uh, switched to a Sega Mega Drive, mm-hmm. which was uh, fantastic, and got me even more interested in, in the process of how games are made. Uh, of course, this is before the internet, so I didn't really have many um, ways to, to actually learn about programming and how games are made, but I did always used to... Um, make drawings of sprites on, uh, on checkered paper, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the very primitive uh, pixel art. Let's not call it primitive, let's call it old school. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's analog pixel art. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and, uh, well, at some point, uh, a classmate uh, explained about computer programming when we were at school 
and um, it was something that I, uh, I seemed to have a knack for, so I, I kept, uh, kept learning about it and uh, at some point uh, started making games. Um, I also went to uh, study uh, information technology, but uh, that was 20 years ago, and back then the um, there was not much. Uh, it, it, there was not much it information. Very, yeah, right. It wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the students were teaching the the teachers instead of <laughs> the other way around. So uh, so I stopped. Uh, I didn't finish that. Uh, that course, I, um, I stopped after one year and uh, went to work for a, a software company. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> back then there was it was uh, a really high demand for programmers. So even though I hadn't finished my uh, my studies, I, I could still uh, start to work uh, and learn much more and actually get paid for it instead of having to pay for not learning <laughs> anything. <laughs> so uh, I think that was a good move. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't in the games industry though. It was, um, it was an e-learning company. Okay. Yeah, but at least you learned something that you could use to make games, you know, Definitely. down the road. Yeah, well, I just said, not some way, you know. Definitely. So, what would you say? Uh, you mentioned the Atari twenty six hundred. You mentioned the Mega Drive. What would you say were like the biggest games that um, you know made you want to to actually create video games yourself? Um. Or in other words, well, what are your favorite games of all time? Let's go with that. Okay. Well, uh, my favorite games of all time would have to include at least. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I like the original the best, maybe just because that's the first one I played. But um, it's, uh, it's uh, some things in the level design of the original Sonic the Hedgehog that, that I don't see in any of the uh, any of the sequels. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that you uh, didn't have the um, the uh, spin what's dash. it called? Yeah, when you just yeah. spin dash. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you didn't have the spin dash attack yet. I meant that you actually have, have had to uh, be a bit more strategic about uh, gaining uh, momentum and that led to some uh, level design tricks that, that you don't see in the later games. Mm, that's true, that's true, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, right, next favorite is uh, Streets of Rage 1 and 2. I think they're both absolutely fantastic. And I think I've played Streets of Rage 2 more than any other game. I still play it sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, and the same goes for Road Rush 2. Yeah. Ooh. Nice one I as well. I that very often. It's, uh, I find it very relaxing. It's um, <laughs> Especially uh, the Vermont uh, track with all the, um, the autumn leaves. I just uh, sometimes when I just want to relax, I just play uh, Vermont in, uh, in Road Rush 2. And just kick the crap out of other bikes, bikers as well. <laughs> yeah, that, that can be relaxing too. No. <laughs> well, it can be stress relieving for sure. <laughs> I, I think it's a very good stress relief method, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Okay, so those were like the biggest games of your. Some of them. Yeah. Some or so. So some of those that made you want to design video games yourself as well, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. Some good picks there. So uh, you mentioned you you started working for uh, an e-learning company, right? You learned something as well. So not just uh, teaching others, the clients, but also teaching yourself in the process. And um, when did you uh, decide to actually uh, start making video games and you know quit whatever it is you're doing and just dedicate yourself to? video game designing? Um, actually, I, I was already making some video games as a, as a, uh, as a hobby mm -hmm. uh, during my time at the e-learning company. Um, at some point, uh, the company uh, went bankrupt, so oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, I just uh, had to find something else. I, I um, teamed up with a former colleague to, uh, to design websites. Uh, meanwhile, I was still thinking I'd rather be making games, of course. Uh, so after, I think, about two years of that, I uh, went to work for a, a company called Two Tribes, which is in, uh, in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. They're bankrupt too, by the way. <laughs> Not my fault. <laughs> anyway. There's a pattern here, I, I see. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I had a good time there, but it was uh, it was really hard work. Um, yeah, I worked on, on on some some games, some uh, some more successful than others. Uh, I think the most successful game in the time that I worked there was uh, Toki Tori. Oh, is, uh, yes. oh yeah! Oh, you know it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. About uh, about about a little bird that has to solve puzzles. So, what did you do uh, at your time there? Were you a programmer as well? Um, I was hired as a game designer slash 2D artist, but I was also doing some programming tasks. Mm. Actually, I was doing a lot of things. I was also answering emails and uh, talking to uh, job applicants and many other things. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so... That's that was another one of your gigs. So two tribes, right? And Correct. What happened next? Uh, next, next, I um, I moved back into my uh, back to my hometown. Uh, I had to had to move quite a long way away to to work for two tribes. Um, I didn't really have many many friends there, so I decided to move back. Um, and uh, started working for myself uh, for, for some time. Um, and then, uh, because, um, well, <laughs> I made made a game again, uh, Russia Friday Racing. Yes. Uh, which was uh, fairly successful on the Dreamcast, so we decided to make a, a, a WiiWare version as well. Um, but uh, the way it was handled by a publisher wasn't really uh, too great, so we only lost money instead of making any. Ouch. And after after that, I had to find uh, a regular job again. So I 
started working for another e-learning company. And I think that lasted for a little over four years. And then we, uh, we ended up here uh, in 2017. And I started working on my own uh, game again, which is now on Kickstarter. Okay, awesome. So, so you mentioned uh, Rush Rush Rally Racing, which I think many of our listeners should know. Uh, it was fairly advertised on all uh, major Sega fan sites, so people were really excited to have another uh, Dreamcast game. Then you, you also had, um, if I'm not mistaken, the reloaded version, right? Correct. Uh, yeah, we published that, uh, I think, uh, January this year, mm -hmm. January or February. Yeah. So that's, that's also for the Dreamcast. So uh, is it still available for people to get? It is. Yeah. Uh, we still have a few copies left, so uh, people awesome. can still order it. Uh, it's it's the um, same as the WiiWare version, mm -hmm. with a few extra uh, improvements for the uh, for the Dreamcast specifically. Okay. So it has more features than the original Russian Rally Racing release. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Specifically, more single player modes. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, we'll we'll include uh, a link to the to your online store in the podcast description. If you're listening to us on Radio Sega uh, when it's airing, uh, you know, just look for a tweet. We'll also share that uh, in a tweet. Uh, you also worked on another a very well known game in the community uh, called Beats of Rage, right? That is correct. Would you like to tell us a bit more about that? That was the the first game we made as a, as a team. Um, in two, 2003, I think. Mm -hmm. It was um, it was really a private project. At least that's what it was when it started. Um, just the idea that, well, like I said, Streets of Rage 1 and 2 are some of my favorite games. Uh, 3 is pretty good as well. But we figured there was never going to be a part 4. So... Just uh, figured no, I'd make one myself. No, you're crushing my dreams. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, let's be real. It's not yeah. me who's crushing it. It's Sega, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not stopping them from making a part for it. It's just them. They're not doing it for some reason. Yes, it's sad. It is. Uh, although at this point, I think it's probably better. Better if they don't make a part four, but because if they do, it's probably not going to be very good. Uh, <laughs> looking at some of the Sonic releases that have been, except for Sonic Mania, of course, which is fantastic. Oh yeah, yes. Anyway, Beats of Rage, uh, which was um, was just for just for fun actually. Um, so we made the game, figured. Let's put it on the internet. Maybe we'll get one or two fan mails that would be, uh, or, or fan mails, <laughs> one or two reactions. That would be nice enough. So um, I uploaded it to, uh, to our server and uh, my brother posted just one single message on, uh, on a forum somewhere. And um, two days later, our, our server went down because of the uh, <laughs> amount of traffic. <laughs> and we spent we spent most of the time for the next few months looking for more uh, more bandwidth and more servers to host it on. Uh, and <laughs> at one time, 
uh, a friend of mine said, oh, I know a guy with a with a hosting company. I'll just put it on one of his servers. He's got bandwidth enough. And <laughs> next day, his hosting company went down. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. So, yeah, it was much more popular than we expected. Awesome. So t- tell us a bit for those who are not familiar with uh, Bits of Rage. What exactly is Bits of Rage, by the way? Uh, Bits of Rage is, uh, well, it's a Streets of Rage inspired game. We, um, f- for the original, uh, we originally used uh, sprites from King of Fighters. So it's a bit of a mix between uh, Streets of Rage and King of Fighters. Yeah, I do remember seeing the... Uh... I don't know if it was on the internet or um, in a magazine, but yeah, I definitely remember seeing like um, pictures of like King of Fighters characters in that. So yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. And um, besides that, it's also uh, it's also uh, a game engine that people can use to make their own versions of whatever they like. Because they can throw in their own sprites and change the, uh, the levels and, and everything. We um, release the source code and all the instructions for making your own uh, your own beat-em-up games with it. Mm-hmm. Um, which was another good move, I think, because that led to another wave of interest for, for Beats of Rage. Um, and meanwhile, I think over a hundred different uh, mods have been made for it. Yeah, and are still and are still being made. Awesome. Oh, that that was actually good. one of the questions I was going to ask you. If you if you had any idea of how many, like fan games or mods, had been created, with with the engine. But that's amazing. Over one hundred. That's awesome. Yeah, it's still going strong. Really good. Yeah. So is there like uh, uh, do you have like um, any contact with the community, who's been developing those those mods and. Uh, do you uh, still not, get feedback? Not as much as I used to. I, I, we used to uh, communicate a lot about it, but uh, meanwhile, I've, I've decided to let it go, and, and it's it's uh, it's their thing now. I want to f- I want to focus on, on new uh, projects, so like mm-hmm. Russia's Road Racing and Intrepid Easy. Okay, very uh, good. I don't really um, get myself involved with uh, Beats of Rage anymore. Okay, awesome. But uh, I believe there people can still get it somewhere, right? Uh, there's like a, a, a website. Oh, sure. There's a, there's a, still an active community on uh, chronocrash.com, I think it's called. Anyway, you can find, uh, yeah, find a link it. on, uh, well, anywhere. Just search for Beats of Rage on Google and you'll find it in no time, probably. Yeah, or if you go to senileteam.com as well and you click. Uh, bits of rage you'll get taken to chronocrash.com that's it very good that's yeah. exactly like that chronocrash.com where you can get uh, bits of rage awesome so that's that's some awesome stuff right there um so yeah that that brings us to intrepid easy right so that's that's why uh we're here that's to talk about uh this new game so tell us a bit about intrepid easy what is what kind of game is intrepid easy uh, and when did you guys start uh, started working on on the project? It's a uh, it's a mix between a platformer, a beat 'em up game, and an adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've wanted to make a, a a kind of mix of different genres for a long time, 
And uh, now that I have, I think it's working uh, very well. So I'm glad I did. Um, but it's, uh, it, it, it took some time to get to get this far because uh, the engine for this game, I actually started working on that long before I had the concept for Intrepid Izzy. Um, we actually wanted to make a, a very different game. We, we started with, uh, with the idea of making a runner and then as I was working on it, I thought, you know, Runners aren't actually much fun. Uh, a real platform game would be uh, would be a lot more fun. So <laughs> I kind of expanded on that and uh, made the engine much more uh, versatile, to, uh, turning it into a proper platform uh, engine. Mm-hmm. But our project still wasn't really the way we wanted it to, wanted it to be. And only later uh, did I come up with the uh, the concept for Intrepid Izzy, um, and I made some tools to make the animations uh, because uh, animation is always a really labor uh, a really labor intensive task and it's always been a problem creating animations fast enough but now with the uh, with the software I made to make these animations it actually uh, goes a lot quicker and we were able to, uh, to set up this uh, concept version of Intrepid Izzy in, uh, in fairly little time. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like a good idea to uh, to continue with this uh, this way of working. Okay, okay. And so, why a platformer? Uh, I actually see platformers as it's sort of the the. Um, ultimate kind of 2D game. It's uh, it's the most... Uh, it's, a, it's an archetype, I think, for, for 2D games. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot with it. Um, if you look at different uh, platformers, they can have very different uh, mechanics. And I like that idea. It's, it's very versatile. You can do a lot with it. Yeah, I mean, when you've got games like Shovel Knight and uh, Freedom Planet and Chance Hay, they're all very sort of different games. And yeah, they're all sort of platform. They are all basically platform games, but they all do very different things. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it it looks like it's a, a, a pretty good time to to be a platforming fan, right? So, and it, oh, yeah. And if you like, if if you're into making platformers, it looks like there's an audience out there for that. Uh, at this moment, right? So looks like it. Uh, let's hope they don't get saturated with all the platform greatness that is already there. Uh, Shovel Knight is really good. Uh, Sonic Mania is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's something. Uh, and, um, and the, there's there's also with. Bubsy coming. So oh, right, don't forget about Bubsy. Don't don't forget really about looks Bubsy. At it, yeah. What could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> Um, yeah, let's let's just wait and see. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I, th- I think uh, you guys mentioned um, all the games that I thought of when I looked at Intrepid Easy right there. But I, I think that the first one that comes to mind when you look at the game is actually Shantae. So um, it, it, 
maybe because yeah, that's, that's something a lot of people think uh, think of, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Chante is a really good uh, good series, so I don't mind being compared to Chante. Yeah, maybe because th- there's a, a female protagonist as well in Easy. Yes, and uh, Chante also has uh, purple hair and the uh, yeah. <laughs> ponytail, but that's yeah. actually a complete coincidence. <laughs> um, the reason I used uh, purple hair was actually because uh, I was inspired by someone I know in real life, and she, she painted her hair purple, and I liked it. So I basically <laughs> just just took that idea, and the ponytail is uh, something we added later to the uh, to to the Izzy character. Um, the, I think I've done four different concepts and. Ponytail was just the one we liked best, so it, is, it doesn't have anything to do with uh, with Chante. So th- there's a life story somewhere in there. So paint your hair some color, and maybe a video game icon will be born. <laughs> that, that's the moral of the, of this story. So um, Rue, tell me, uh, wh- when did you guys started working on this exactly? When did the project start? It's difficult to say because it was um, it kind of evolved from other projects into this. But uh, I, guess, I guess we've worked on this for maybe one and a half years, but not full time in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's I think it's about one year full time work for me in total. Okay, that's a long time. Still. So, and at this point, at this moment in time, you decided to bring the project over to Kickstarter and uh, ask for everyone's help in funding the the developing process. Uh, why Kickstarter? Why now? What's your reasoning behind this? Uh, why now? Because uh, if we wait another month, it's going to be too close to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> if I wait even longer than that, my uh, my uh, savings are running out, and I <laughs> I have to go look for a job again. <laughs> yeah, I actually planned to uh, to run the Kickstarter much earlier. I originally thought I'd run it in April, but that turned out not to be feasible. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, still really that I've wanted to, to to run specifically now. <laughs> it's more. Uh, uh, a result of uh, circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, why Kickstarter is, I, I think, pretty obvious. I mean, it's the reason why Kickstarter exists. It's to get funding for, for projects that are otherwise difficult to get funding for. I mean, uh, we could try working through a publisher again, but our previous experiences with publishers weren't so good. So this is really something uh, we'd like to do ourselves. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, so, by the way, for people listening to us, um, uh, at the, the time of this recording, uh, so you have, you guys have a thirty-five thousand uh, euro goal, uh, and at, at the time of the recording, we have uh, eleven thousand six hundred and eighteen euros pledged by one hundred and sixty-five backers. Not bad, but I think I think people can all. do better. People can do. Definitely can do better. So, 22 days to go. 
uh, which is not, uh, which is still a lot of time to to get the, the remaining uh, amount of money. But um, t- tell us a bit about the rewards people can get. So there are several tiers, as in uh, usual Kickstarter fashion. Uh, what can people get from pledging towards this project? They can get well the game for Steam, the game for the PlayStation Four, the game on Dreamcast. Um, pressed on an actual CD. These are not just uh, CDs that we burned ourselves or anything. They're, they're proper uh, factory manu- manufactured CDs. Mm-hmm. Um, and some uh, a deluxe edition of the Dreamcast game, which includes uh, soundtrack and a plastic statue of the main character. Collector's Edition, which is in a, a nice um, box, complete with an uh, art book and the statue and the soundtrack. It's all ver- in a very nice package. And some of the more expensive um, tiers, you can also uh, get yourself into the game. So if you pledge for the um, one of the more, uh, one of the higher tiers, you can get either a statue or a portrait of yourself in the game, or an, or a fully animated character. Awesome! So, uh, three hundred euros, I believe. For that is, that is correct. For the the NPC. That's awesome. Sorry, we were you were saying something. No, I was just saying very nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. Uh, actually, if if you look uh, in, at the, the Kickstarter page, you, you'll see that the, the the higher tiers actually have a long list of rewards. So you get a lot uh, from pledging for towards this project. Uh, and obviously, there's the two thousand dollar two thousand euro um, pledge here, the stuff of legends. So there's a physical version of the game for the Dreamcast, digital version for PC digital version for PS4, your name in the game's credits with portrait, um, your game in the game's splash sequence, physical soundtrack, digital soundtrack, uh, collectible four collectible easy statues, um, NPC in your likeness, um, in-game statue or portrait in your likeness, physical art book, digital art book, digital manual, uh, receive updates via Kickstarter, and the most eternal gratitude. That's very good, very nice. It's even more eternal than the it's, other gratitude. It's not just eternal, it's the most eternal gratitude. Yeah, yeah you don't get more eternal than that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, um, tell me, Ru, uh, there, there's something that people uh, have been noticing in the, the past few years. We have a lot of indie Dreamcast games coming, right? Uh, why do you think... That is why, you know, personally, why do you think the Dreamcast is such a good platform to develop for? Um, first of all, because you can actually uh, get a game made on a CD and it'll work in a standard Dreamcast. You don't need any mod chips or anything. You don't have to deal with licensing as long as you don't do anything crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's, it's a very cheap console to de- develop for mm-hmm. and it's also very, uh, it has a, a special status because it's Sega's 
last piece of hardware. Or, or, well, maybe they made, it made some more hardware, but real, not, not console hardware. Yeah. So as, as Sega's last gaming console, it, it, it's uh, elevated to um, to something uh, something special for a lot of people. And uh, I noticed this when I, just today, uh, for example, I uh, I went to some uh, some games uh, stores in my hometown just to uh, ask if they'd uh, like to put some flyers on the counter, some physical advertising. I'm not sure if it'll help, but if it even gets us one back in, it'll be worth it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, they also said, oh, yeah, I- I'm sure that's fine because my boss is a huge Dreamcast fan. And I get things <laughs> like that everywhere. Nice. So uh, that helps. <laughs> that helps. Uh, but um, other Dreamcast community is not as strong as it used to be. I mean, it's a, lot, a lot of Dreamcasts are failing because they're old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hope it's, uh, it's still big enough to, uh, to support uh, a project like this. And um, yeah. most of our pledges are uh, from the Dreamcast community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually am thinking of pledging uh, for uh, for a Dreamcast version of the game as well. I, I need to get at least one of my two broken Dreamcast fixed, so so I can play the game too. So yeah. that's Maybe that. you can merge the two into a, a working. That would working be awesome. That would save me a lot of space Dreamcast. as well. Yes, but sadly, not yet possible. I think. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so we'll we'll take a quick music break. But before we take the break, uh, tell me something uh, about the game itself. So tell us about Easy. Uh, she has different powers, right? Uh, Correct. How yeah. can she get different powers? That's something interesting, I think. Right, that's one of the unique uh, features of this game, or at least nearly unique. I'm sure someone's done a similar thing. Uh, that, that always uh, <laughs> that always happens. But um, the uh, when when you start out, you, get, uh, you you have the one special power, which is uh, which is to shoot fireball. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you collect a different costume, and every costume you wear gives you different powers. So you get a vampire costume, and you can change into a bat. Uh, or you get a flying squirrel costume, and you can use it to, to glide in the air. Um, you get a ninja costume, and you can uh, do a double jump or a ball jump, and you can use your sword to defeat your enemies a lot faster. So, as you go through the game, you uh, collect all these costumes, and with, the, with each costume you can also reach new areas. Because if you can change into a bat, you can fly much higher and reach areas that you couldn't reach before, or you can pass through narrow, um, narrow passages and reach uh, reach new areas that way. Mm-hmm. Awesome! That sounds like actually, a neat idea. Yes, yeah, so I was actually going to ask, did ask about that because um, uh, I was actually going to ask if um, the magical quest starring Mickey Mouse was an inspiration behind that because that's another game. That um, 
sort of has uh, costume changes that give you different abilities. So uh, I was wondering if that was an influence. Uh, it wasn't, um, but I, I do know what you mean because <laughs> I just recently actually, I just recently looked at uh, Mickey Mouse's uh, Magical Quest and noticed that it has a, a similar mechanic. But I didn't know when I started the Trepid Izzy. I, I uh, didn't have a Super Nintendo myself, so I never played uh, Mickey's Magical Quest. It's a really great mechanic. I mean, I, I really wish games did it a bit more, to be honest. But um, yeah. Yeah, I really like that idea. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's a, a pretty good idea, uh, pretty neat. And uh, especially, so uh, have you? You know, are you still working on new costumes? Uh, is that something that people, for example, can can try to suggest if they have a, a pretty cool idea? Can people just email you somewhere and explain it to you, or is that uh, pretty much well, done? Well, They could if they want to, but I think um, I'm pretty much at the. Um, I think there are enough costumes right now, and I need to focus on some other things like uh, more enemies, more NPCs, more backgrounds. And when those are done, I can start thinking about maybe adding more costumes. But right now, I think the uh, the game has enough costumes. Okay, so there's going to be an exploration part to this game as well There's, uh, you, you just uh, mentioned NPCs is that going to be a, a huge part of the game or is it just going to have a, 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 a like a hub world with several characters uh, there's going to be a, a hub world because you need some place to change costumes you can't change costumes on the fly because if you could do that you could uh, well it, it wouldn't make much sense Uh, if you could switch costumes all the time, um, because then you might as well have just one costume with all the special powers instead of having to switch. Uh, so you need to go to the hub world to, to pick a costume that you're going to use, and using that costume you can play certain parts of uh, certain levels that are specifically designed to be used with that level, uh, with that costume. Um, the NPCs, um, they can help you sometimes, you can uh, do some quests for them, but it's not uh, going to be very heavy uh, NPC-driven game. Some games you, uh, you have to go to some uh, town and talk to just about everybody in the whole town to find that one person who says the thing that you need. I think True. that's a bit annoying, so <laughs> that's not what we're going to do. It's uh, There's never going to be a point where you have to talk to everybody and then, where is this guy with the thing that I need? That's just not going to happen. It's going to be very uh, straightforward. Okay, so it's a platformer first and foremost. Correct. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. Okay, so Rul, let's let's take a quick music break. You you actually suggested um, a lot of great music for us to play uh, on the show. So we'll just play a couple of those tracks that you suggested. And when we come back, we have a surprise for you. Yay! Because we love surprises. I, th I thought you said there weren't going to be any surprises. We lied. <laughs> we do that a lot. Uh, <laughs> 
So yeah, so stick around. This is the Sega Lounge, and we'll be right back with Rule and his surprise. Uh, just enjoy the music for now. Introducing a brand new album of fan-made Sega arrangements. Radio Sega presents Collision Theory. Featuring... 12 amazing tracks. By 12 talented community musicians. Mashing together two source tunes from entirely different games. Covering 21 different Sega games. And all for a good cause. Buy the album for a price of your choosing and support Special Effect, a charity focused on helping people with disabilities to enjoy video games. Radio Sega presents Collision Theory, out now. Name your price and donate for Special Effects by going to radiosega.bandcamp.com.
to the Sega Lounge. You're listening to Radio Sega, and we're back with Rule from Senile Team. Hello, Rule. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, so thank you. We told you that we had a surprise. Actually, we told you we didn't have any surprises, and then we told you that we had a surprise. So it's all good. That was uh, a surprise in itself. Exactly. So that's the surprise. Uh, we have a surprise. Uh, and um, so every time someone comes on the Sega Lounge, uh, we like to do a little something we call the Sega Lounge Challenge. Now you know our guests. They're amazing. They're stars. But are they ready for the Sega Lounge Challenge? It can be a quiz in reverse music. It can be anything we want. Welcome, welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. Okay, so, yeah, sure, you're a big-time game developer, but do you really know... Do you know your, your Sega, for example? Do you, do you know stuff about Sega? That's what we're... I, I know some stuff about Sega. Okay, so... I'm sure, I'm sure I don't know all stuff about Sega. That's that's what we're going to test here today. Um, and so this week's Sega Launch Challenge is a Sega quiz. Okay. But I'm going to make it a little bit easier for you because we have like our biggest Sega guru here in the form of a winner with you. So, I wouldn't really say I was a guru, but... <laughs> just go with it. And so, <laughs> well, what, what, what I'll do is, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Um, and I'm going to give you the chance of... So I'm going to ask the question to a winner with you first. And then I'm going to give uh, you the chance of going with a winner with you's answer. Or giving a different answer. Okay. okay. So that's like a, it's like a lifeline here. Okay. Win with you is always available to help if you so choose. But he. I don't think I've ever seen lifelines. That means nothing to me. Uh, no, it's. I mean, it's like a, a, a like some kind of help, like a competition. Okay. So you can you can uh, use a win with you's guess or not, depending on what you think is right or wrong. Okay. So, that seems clear. Yeah, so I have 10 questions here, okay, uh, in no particular order. They are all about Sega or Sega characters, okay? So, okay. let's let's go with number one. Okay, so, okay. question number one, so I would resume, this one's for you. I think these are all very, very easy, but let's start with a, a very easy one. So, introduced in the Nintendo DS game Sonic Rush this cat is also a princess who am I talking about? Uh, that would be Blaze the Cat okay so that's a win with you's answer yeah, I'm going along with that <laughs> are you sure? I, I'm going to have to I never played the uh, Nintendo DS <laughs> of any Sonic game I never played uh, Sonic Rush, so, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I do know that Blaze the Cat is a character in the Sonic universe, so I'm just going to have to go along. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't trust him that much, but okay, that's that's your call. <laughs> so, your well, final... I don't have any other guesses, so... <laughs> your final answer 
Cruel is Blaze the Cat. Is that it? Well, that's what I've been saying, so yes. Although yeah. you seem to be discouraging me from it a lot, <laughs> but uh, like I said, I don't have any alternative, so yes. Uh, and that's good because that's correct answer. Well done. <laughs> you might be very uncertain. <laughs> good. That's my job. Okay, let's go with number two. Question number two. This is about Sega arcade games. Okay. So, question number two is... <clears throat> this classic arcade racing series is known for its theme song in which the vocalist screams the name of a US region. What is the game I'm talking about? I think I know. It's Daytona USA. I'm going to say it's Daytona USA. So, was that, your, was that going to be your answer, who? That was going to be my yeah. answer anyway. So, it could be the case that you're both wrong then. That's interesting. Yeah, but we're not. <laughs> of course you're not. That's the correct answer, obviously. Daytona USA. Well done. Okay, this was an easy one. Okay, let's go with a, a trickier one. Okay, still about Sega arcade games. This Sega arcade racer is notable for being the first game in which Sonic the Hedgehog appeared in. Although this might be... Ah, that was Radmobile, oh, if I remember rightly. So you said Radmobile. Yep. Okay. Rule. Oh. <laughs> the first game Sonic appeared in. Mm -hmm. I know he's... first ever games. actual appearance. Yeah. yeah. I know some game, some racing games he appeared in, but... Um, there was a, a racing game. I wouldn't game. know which one was the first. Yeah, it, I mean, it was also in Daytona. So. He appeared in, in a racing game before Sonic 1 got released. Oh, really? Yeah. Even before people knew what Sonic was. That's uh, special. Well, I'm going to have to go along with the winner with you then. Because I can't think of any racing game that Sonic appeared in that appeared before Sonic appeared. Alright, is that does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. So the, your uh, answer is Redmobile, and that answer is unfortunately nah. It's correct. Well done. You chose wisely. You chose wisely. Yes. <laughs> okay. Excellent. So three out of three. Oh. Let's I'm go for number I think four. that the uh, title of Guru was correct. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, let's go to question number four then. So now let's go into familiar territory, I think, for you, Rule. Mega Drive games. Mega Drive games. So okay. let's go with... Um, are you familiar with RPGs at all? Ooh, that's uh, that's my least played genre, I think. So that's going to be problematic. But uh, awesome. yeah, I, th I think probably my brother would know the answer. But uh, let's see if we can help my lifeline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's just give it a try. This game is a turn-based tactical RPG for the Mega Drive. It has. As protagonist, a hero by the name of Max. Ooh, 
Uh, I think it's got to be one of the Shining Force games. I think I'm going to go with Shining Force 2. I'm not 100% on that. No. I, was, I was also thinking Shining Force. Um, well, let's just say Shining Force 2 as well, because why not? <laughs> That's a good enough reason, I think. So, it could be Shining Force, like, 1, for example. Yeah. It totally could. It could. You could tell me anything, I wouldn't even know. <laughs> it could be 3. Oh. Yeah, that's on the same place, so... Yeah, yeah I- I'm gonna stick to 2, I think. Okay, so, rule. let's go with Owen oh, Wizzu's guess. Shining Force 2. Well, I have three choices, one, two, and three, so let's just go straight down the middle and uh, go for part two. Yeah, three was on the Saturn, though. But yeah, so let's let's just go with two. Unfortunately, and now I mean it. it you, was, you said it could be three. <laughs> I can say anything that I want. Uh, it was actually Shining Force 1, so it's unfortunately incorrect. I'm sorry. Uh, but that's not very bad because you know you, you got three out of four, so that's not not bad at all. Bad at all. So let's go with another uh, Mega Drive question. Question number five. Uh, in this 1995 game, you play as Sketch Turner, who is trapped inside his own comic book and has to fight his own creations. What game is this? Ah, that would be Comic Zone. That would absolutely be Comic Zone. You poor I couldn't even tell you the name of the rat in the game. Which is Roadkill. Exactly, it is. So, no use in saying it could be something else? <laughs> no, unless you really want to scream. Totally. <laughs> this is totally Comic Zone. <laughs> if you say it's not Comic Zone, then you're the one who's wrong. <laughs> Okay, so what can I say? It's correct. Well done. <laughs> That's it. Very good. So that was question number five. Question number six. This one's a, an odd one. Still Mega Drive games. Last one. In this 1992 game, the Earth is being invaded by an alien foe, and it's up to this hero to save his pod and the planet. What uh, Echo the Dolphin this? sounds like. Okay. That Ooh. does sound like Echo the Dolphin. I mean, I can't think of any other character who would have a pod. <laughs> yeah, pod could be the, the key word here. It could be Echo the Dolphin too. The Tides of Time. Uh, I, th- I think that was later. You said 1992, I think right? 1994. 1992, yes. That's what I said. Yeah, it's got to be part one. So your final answer is Echo the Dolphin? It is. And that is correct! Obviously. Obviously. Well done. Well done. Well done. Okay. Let's go with uh, Dreamcast games. So I think it's only appropriate to go with Dreamcast games now. So this question, um, let's go with this one. So developed by Sonic Team, this online RPG was based on a classic Sega RPG series. 
What game is this? Fantasy Star Online. Fantasy Star Online. So not Fantasy Star Offline. No, it's Fantasy Star Online. It's in fact it's Definitely. still online. It's still that online. is, you can still play it online. A shame that we don't get uh, Fancy Star Online 2 in the West. But yeah. So, that is obviously the correct answer. Of course, Fancy Star Online. This was a really, really easy one. So, now, let's go with another one. Let's see if this is as easy as the, the first one. Question number 8. A port of an arcade classic. This sports game, released for the Dreamcast in 2000, let you play as Evgeny Kafelnikov and Carlos Moya, among others. Unlockable characters included King and Master. Right, I'm thinking Virtua Tennis. He's thinking Virtua Tennis. What about I'm thinking I should retract my earlier statement about uh, RPGs being one of my most, uh, of my, one of my least played, played genres because <laughs> sports games are definitely my least played genre. Virtua <laughs> uh, Tennis it is. Yeah, so uh, the names Evgeny Kofelnikov and Carlos Moya don't win you say You say Evgeny Kofelnikov as though you're trying to um, Squeeze out a particularly difficult turn. <laughs> That's what I do when I speak either uh, German or uh, Russian. Actually, pretty much every foreign language. That's what I do. I'm always angry or, you know, having a really bad uh, stomach day or something. So. Was it virtual tennis? Was it virtual tennis? That's a good question. It was virtual tennis. Very good. Well done. Thank you, Guru. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, two questions left. You obviously already won the game. You only got one incorrect answer. So awesome. But let's go with the yeah, last was, two ones to see I if you actually, really. I was actually for yeah. a moment there. I thought maybe I should say part one, and <laughs> I didn't because I absolutely didn't know. But. You know? No, I wish I had some. That's, that's what happened. I wish I, I wish you should I wish go with your gut feeling. I have one answer that the guru didn't know. <laughs> I think I think that's that's hopeless. It's uh, exactly. it will always remain a dream. <laughs> okay, so let's go with two post Dreamcast Sega games questions. Okay. Next two are from games released after the Dreamcast quote-unquote died because it never really died um, question number nine <laughs> this mobile only title released in 2014 has had special events featuring among others Hulk Hogan what game is this oh this wasn't a uh, crazy taxi one uh, I forget what it was called. Um, the Crazy Taxi Play Roller or something. I, I can't, remember, can't remember the title of it. 
So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Crazy Taxi High Roller. Okay. Ooh. Well, <laughs> mobile games, eh? <laughs> I've, I've played exactly zero of those, so I'm going to have to go with the Guru again. But the question is, is the Guru correct or not? Well, the guru, the, the guru, guru is, is the guru is probably correct. Half correct, half incorrect. I trust it. Half okay. correct. Half correct, half incorrect. How, so the, the how, how does that work? The correct answer was Crazy Taxi, City Rush. C City. Oh, City Rush, yeah. City Rush. So I'll give you half a point there. Not bad, not bad. Okay. So Crazy Taxi, City Rush. That that's it. But it was a Crazy Taxi game with. Uh, a Hulk Hogan special event for some reason why not why the hell not uh, question number 10 final question um, this is Ooh. one that I particularly like designed by Toshihiro Nagoshi creator of the Yakuza series this third person shooter is set in Japan uh, and puts you in the shoes of Rust crew member Dan Marshall what game is this? Ah, sounds like Binary Domain. Okay. Rule. Well, I'm going to go with the Guru. So, Binary Domain uh, sounds uh, sounds plausible to me too. <laughs> it sounds plausible, yeah. Uh, but is it? Is it? It could be. However... It is! It is! This hey. is the correct answer! Binary Domain, which, by the way, is an awesome game. I never, never tire myself of saying this. Please go play Binary Domain if you can. Really love this game. So this means, rule that also thanks to the very uh, amazing help of the Sega Guru himself, a winner was you. All praise the Sega Guru, a winner was you. You got, you got through this game. You got through the Sega challenge, the Sega Launch challenge, and you I also survived. you survived, and you also right. get our amazing uh, Sega Launch seal of approval, which you'll be getting in a few seconds uh, via the magic of Discord. As soon as I can, just upload this to our chat uh, oh, because yeah. it's an actual seal. <laughs> it's an actual seal. Yeah, so Picture that's. I always like to record people's reactions when they see the seal of approval. Uh, there we go. The seal. Of that's, that's a very wonderful yeah. seal. <laughs> the best seal. So the best seal, the seal of approval. Uh, well done, rule. Well done. And so uh, with this, we're almost at the end of our uh, little chat, our interview. So, um, anything you'd like to say about Intrepid Easy? Uh, anything, any plans for the future? Uh, by the way, the, the game is set to be released on the, um, on the PC, Dreamcast, and you have a stretch goal for a PS4 version, right? Correct. Okay. So, anything else that you'd like to tell people, like maybe make your best sales pitch and you know convince well, not, people I'm to pledge. I'm not a salesman, but uh, I, I think we've uh, we've discussed all the most important uh, aspects. And if we forgot anything, then well, people can just uh, 
take a look at the Kickstarter page and uh, read all about it. Awesome. So obviously we'll share all the links to the Kickstarter page and the Senile Team website on the podcast description. So if you're listening to the podcast version, the recorded version of the show, just go to the description, click the description and just you know check the links right there. Uh, as we said before, there are 22 days to go for the project, right? Um, so hopefully you can you guys can um you know just hit the goal uh, as soon as possible uh, there are a lot of awesome um awesome uh, rewards <laughs> awesome rewards there so uh, you should definitely check this out check out the the video that's posted on kickstarter uh intrepid is it definitely looks like a, a very nice game pro thank you so much for coming on the show Thank, thank you, you for, for being, me. thank you for being it's such great. a good sport as well, uh, and getting through our uh, Sega Lounge challenge. All you did make best. it easy. Well, you yeah. did because I could rely on the guru, but otherwise, <laughs> you next didn't make time, it easy. next time you're on the show, there will be no guru to help you. Uh, <laughs> this way, he'll never come back. Uh, but seriously. Uh, Thank you so much. All the best for the project and all the best for future projects that you may have uh, in the pipeline. Uh, and, you know, we definitely have to get you back on, on the show closer to the release date to like maybe that. play some music as well. Who knows? Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we'll uh, take a quick break. We'll play uh, more of Rules Requests. Uh, for the week and then we'll have uh, a win with you with his memories of Sega memories of Sega number what do you know how many memories I've of Sega lost, you've recorded I've lost count <laughs> I've lost count yeah oh, by this point. but what I will say is uh, it's this time I'll be looking at the Master System version of the Feast hint I didn't like you yes be afraid be very afraid also it's number 38 so that's mm. awesome 38. Uh, so stick around. You're listening to Radio Sega. This is the Sega Lounge. Enjoy the music. Owen Rizzi's Memories of Sega. And we'll be right back with the After Hour segment.
every week a different guest, Sega music, news, and whatever else we can think of. The Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega. From the 90s to the present, take a trip back in time with A Winner Was You as he looks back at the Sega games that defined his life. Memories of Sega. Unsurprisingly, the Master System was not the most capable machine when it came to arcade conversions, but when done well they could certainly be very good. For example, Shinobi or Fantasy Zone. Then you have ports like Afterburner and Space Harrier that, while not terribly good, were at least brave attempts at bringing technically advanced coin-ops to the 8-bit console. Then we have games like this week's Memories of Sega feature, Altered Beast, which came to the machine in 1989. While it was unlikely to ever be a truly great game due to the original arcade game being very mediocre, it could have at least been a competent and fun port. Alas, it wasn't. The first time I learned there was a Master System port of this game was actually at school. One of the kids there brought in a few Master System games, which I assumed he was going to swap with someone else for, and I caught a glimpse of the Alter Beast logo on the cover of one of the boxes. I was already familiar with the game and was very interested in playing it, and to hear it was on the Master System as well made me very happy as it meant I could actually play it. Never mind the fact that every review of a Sorai game since said it was pretty crap, I still wanted to check it out. However, the chance never really came in my youth. It wouldn't be until I started my Master System collection in you in the early noughties, when I was finally able to find and buy a copy. It still took me a while to actually get around to giving it a go, and it didn't take long for disappointment to set in when I actually did. And this is bearing in mind I wasn't expecting much to begin with. On the plus side, the transformation scenes look okay, and there's a little sample speech in there, though the famous Rise From Your Grave sample is absent. Those are honestly the only positives I can think of. I quickly found the graphics to be quite poor, with choppy scrolling and slow movement. The sound was okay, the music was at least recognisable, but it wasn't great. But what really hurt it with the controls, put simply, you had to press up to jump. And trying to do a bigger jump was a pain in the rectum. Not good when so many enemies need the big jump to even reach. The game quickly got very frustrating very quickly and it just wasn't fun. There's also a level missing from the arcade game. Thankfully, you only need two spirit balls to transform in this version as opposed to the usual three, but this does little to ease the pain. Needless to say, after a few plays I'd had enough, and I haven't played it since. Ultimately, the Master System version of Alter Beast could have been a whole lot better. I already mentioned how good Shinobi was on the console, and if they could make a great port of that with plenty of additional features not seen in the arcade version, they certainly could have done that with this one too. Instead, what we got was a very half-baked effort which is only worth picking up if you're going for a complete Master System collection. At least Afterburner and Space Harry had an excuse for not being good pulls. Alter Beast? Sure, it would have been anything but perfect, but I feel they could have put a lot more effort into it. Stick with the arcade and Mega Drive versions of this, and feel free to welcome this one to its doom. Memories of Sega Thank you. 
final time right here on the Sega Lounge what a great show we had I hope you guys enjoyed our interview I hope you guys enjoyed the music what great music was picked for us tonight uh, and we're back just to talk a bit about just a few things here on Radio Sega um, one of the things is don't forget to back Intrepid Easy on Kickstarter just check out the link in the description if you're listening to the podcast or just go uh, to kickstarter.com and look for Intrepid Easy that's I-Z-Z-Y Intrepid Easy uh, by Senile Team uh, and it, it's going to be a great game coming soon to the Dreamcast PC and hopefully PS4 as well if they get if they hit that stretch goal to take the game uh, to release the game for the PS4 um, also something that you should definitely do and get behind is uh, Radio Sega presents Collision Theory our latest and greatest album of remixes we released last month to support special effects so if you haven't done so already or even if you have and just want to donate a bit more and help us out you should go to radiosega.bandcamp.com radiosega.bandcamp.com and download and donate towards special effect the album is Radio Sega Presents Collision Theory charity album that's how you can find it on Bandcamp uh, so far at the time of recording we had um, raised over 217 pounds but that's frankly not enough people so the last few days have seen an increase in donations, I have to say, but uh, and we'll probably do a bit more uh, in the way of promoting the album. But uh, we need you to spread the word and to tell people that you know about this great album made by awesome uh, community musicians, including our own Rexy. So there's something. Uh, also, we need you to you know, just share, the, spread the love for for special effect as well, because we want to raise as much money as possible uh, to uh, send out to special effect. All proceeds from this album go uh, towards special effects. We're not keeping anything for ourselves. This was uh, this is a, a made out of love, so just for you guys to listen to to enjoy the music and also to help out a great charity 
special effect that helps people with disabilities enjoy video games nonetheless. That's, I think, a great way of helping out. Uh, download the album and donate whatever you can towards special effect radiosega.bandcamp.com that being said it's time to wrap up things around here this has been the Sega Lounge I've been KC it's been a pleasure and a real blast to do this show this week hopefully we'll be back next week with another guest uh, stay tuned for news on that and don't forget to check out radiose.ga slash shows for our full lineup of live shows including the next one Topical Resort tomorrow at 7pm UK time I will leave you with one track from uh, that exact album uh, Radio Sega Presents Collision Theory it's a great tune by Silix it's called Jungle Wave and it's crazy how good it is I hope you enjoy it I hope this motivates you if you haven't done so already to donate towards special effect and come back next week for more on the Sega Lounge bye bye
miss one of our shows or want to give it another listen, you can download previous episodes from our media section at radiosega.net or stream them from Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.